Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Alex Ovechkin is back in Washington, and he could play tonight. Steve Wino from the Associated Press chats with Ben and Anaheim in tonight as the Capitals look to snap a five-game losing streak. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, February 23rd. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. A welcome sight at midday yesterday at the practice rink in Arlington. Alex Ovechkin was back on the ice for an optional practice, returning from Russia after the death of his father, Mikhail. He came right from the airport to the rink, and he skated with some of his teammates, indicating that he could return to the lineup as soon as tonight against Anaheim. After the skate, Ovechkin said it was good to be back with his hockey family and his teammates here in Washington. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, that we try to support everybody. You know, how I said it, it was... Uh, Probably toughest situation uh, I've been through on, uh, through my whole NHL career, um, you know. But uh, how I said it's life, and uh, we move on. And how I said um, thanks uh, everybody for support back home here. And, uh. When asked about his father and what he meant to him, Alex said he meant the world to him. He gave me everything, you know, all his health, all his time. Uh, you know, he traveled me uh, all over the world, you know, been every practice when he have a chance. With an optional practice yesterday, it's almost certain the Caps will have a full morning skate today in Arlington. And that means we should know before 11 this morning if Alex will be in tonight against the Ducks. This morning here on the show, Ben chats with Steve Wino from the Associated Press, taking a spin around the Eastern Conference, chatting about the Carolina Hurricanes, the Maple Leafs, the Rangers, and the Devils as the trade deadline closes in next Friday afternoon. All right, chatting with Steve Wino, a few days removed now from the outdoor experience in Raleigh, North Carolina. You were down there, you were unloading some books, unloading some product, and enjoying some outdoor hockey as well. But the stadium series experience, despite the Capitals coming up on the short end of the stick, what a spectacle, what an event. What do you take away from Stadium Series 2023? It really was a celebration of hockey in Raleigh, and the Capitals were the right opponent. Don Waddell, the, the Hurricane General Manager, said that because the rivalry really has built up since that 2019 uh, playoff series, that, that it really was a celebration of hockey in Raleigh, hockey in the Sun Belt, kind of the this, this seeing it expand beyond the original six cities and those traditional towns and the outdoor spectacle is also it's awesome like you the pyrotechnics the players love it fans love it it might not get great tv ratings in in seattle or in vegas or wherever but it's a great event in these markets it's always fun do two or three three of these a year and people love it it's not the appointment tv viewing it once was but when you're on site in person the event the spectacle everything that goes into it it really is very impressive. Carolina Hurricanes, they impressed as well on the big stage of the stadium series as they have been of late. Now 12-1-1 in their last 14 overall. They have some money to play with come trade deadline time. The potential to add. What do you look for in the Metropolitan Division leaders here? Oh boy, uh, this team looks good. And if the goaltending stays together, which is what hurt them in the playoffs last year, they're going to go on a run. They could get to the Stanley Cup final. But I've been telling people, and I talked to a lot of Hurricanes fans down in Raleigh, 
John Klingberg is a guy, someone to run their power play who's not Brent Burns, who could take a little bit of pressure off of, of him. Big splash by, by, by Don Waddell and the Hurricanes to get Brent Burns last offseason and try to make a splash in getting Max Pacioretty. That didn't work out so well. But the fact that they now have a little bit of room they have some young players and some assets, assets to work with. To me, when you get the team that has everything right now, it's get a, an offensive defenseman who can run what's been a mediocre or below-average power play, and it may be somebody in goal, because I don't know if you, you want to go into the playoffs again with Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta and trusting those guys in net. The Capitals had tried that in previous years with young goalies. Now you have veteran goalies in Carolina who are injury-prone, and, and unless the goaltending falls apart, this team's going to go on a run deep into the playoffs. Looking to add before the deadline, looking to keep up with the Joneses to an extent. The Maple Leafs loading up. Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Cherry in the fold. The Rangers, Vladimir Tarasenko and company coming in just before the trade deadline. What do you make of this arms race in the Eastern Conference? There really seems to be a divide. You've got your top six, and then you've got everyone else kind of chuckling out for the uh, wild card spots. It's the fun couple of races because you have the arms race between teams like the Rangers. I think the Devils are going to get into this at some point. Carolina's going to get into it. Tampa and Boston don't rule that possibility out. Uh, Kyle Dubas has already made his moves. Ryan O'Reilly can't play goal, which is a problem for them, <laughs> but has already made his moves for, for kind of loading up in that race. And, and it, yes, it, even Bo Horvat, even, even that trade for the Islanders among teams fighting for the, the playoff spots at the bottom, that I'm interested to see where Timo Meyer goes. I'm interested to see where Patrick Kane goes because the, the balance of power can swing a lot between now and, and the middle of March. It already has. Vladimir Tarasenko and... and uh, having him there, Nico Mikola uh, with the Rangers, and still having room to make moves, uh, like you, we could have a very different outlook on the East by March 4th than we do right now. New Jersey Devils, you referenced Timo Meyer. He's been linked to them, certainly. Do the Devils, as they re-enter the playoff picture first time in several years, is there enough snarls? Is there enough sandpaper there? I would imagine that's on their shopping list. Maybe there is. Uh, there isn't yet, and, and, and that's why someone like Timo Meyer is that kind of player you would want in, in that situation. Bo Horvat, I think, would have fit in that situation, too. That I, I think Tom Fitzgerald understands that in, in New Jersey, that there's a lot of skill with the Jesper Bratz, the Jack Hughes, who's going to be coming back from injury at some point, Nico Hishier, even Dougie Hamilton on the blue line. I can see them wanting to bulk up if the price is right. The, the, the Devils are very much clear that this is not their year to try to win. This is not a one-year and go for it all. So someone like Timo Team Meyer, someone like Sam Lafferty in Chicago who's got a year left, a Joel Edmondson type. Guys who have term left on their contracts fit a lot for the, for the New Jersey Devils. And we remember years like that with the Capitals here where maybe you want a rental. Kevin Shattenkirk didn't work out. Stuff like that. Getting guys with term, like the, the Lightning did with Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman a few years ago, might be the kind of recipe for the Devils to get a little bit more toughness. All right, bearing the local lead here, the Capitals in their lull, having lost five straight in regulation, first time in nearly a decade. Four games to go before the trade deadline. It's been 15-plus years since we saw the Capitals as sellers. Are we there yet? What are the next four games? What do you need to see? What about the teams around them in the Eastern Conference? How much of an impact does that have potentially on what Brian McClellan does come March 3rd? I think they're soft sellers, and, and, and there are players on this team who are probably not going to be back next year. Lars Eller almost certainly being one of them. Dmitry Orlov, if contract negotiations really are as nowhere as everyone has, has said they are, which I believe to be the case. There are certain guys Brian McClellan can sell and still say, 
we can go for it. They're not going to try to bottom out for Bedard here. This is not a, a, a tanking for the last month of the season situation. I think unless this team wins every single game until the trade deadline, Brian McClone has to be answering phone calls. Even if he's not making them to aggressively try to get rid of guys, it is answer the calls, see what kind of value you can get on a reset. On This team could still win next year and be a playoff contender next year and trying to fill in kind of the gaps of where a Connor Brown injury, a Tom Wilson injury, Nick Backstrom, John Carlson, to where if this happens again next year, you're prepared as much as possible. You can't be prepared for everything that happened to this team this year. And so I, I think everyone needs to be prepared for a sell-off that is not a fire sale. To that point, there's a big difference between being sellers and blowing it up. And when you look at the construction of the roster, it just so happens in this season we're on the fringe of a playoff spot there happens to be a lot of guys who would fit that criteria as a rental who could be attractive to buyers higher up in the standings. There are. And, and could there be a little more blowing up this summer? Sure. When you come draft time and free agency time, there could be some bigger moves made. But when you have nobody on your blue line beyond John Carlson signed beyond this year, Martin Ferivari and RFA, but like there are a lot of moving pieces here where you can say, what do we want our roster to look like next year in, in this front office? And say, who, who makes sense of that? And if it doesn't make sense to have somebody around, you make the move now. And you can always, always say to a Dimitri Orlov or someone else, call me back on July 1st. Like, like go chase another championship now. We're going to reset here. It, it, it's a rough end of the year here in Washington. But we, we're re- ready to welcome you back next year if it's a fit. Steve Wino from the Associated Press. Much appreciated. Remind folks as well, the author that is with us here, where could they find the book, title, and outlets? Uh, Odd Man In, uh, Hockey's Emergency Goalies, and and the wildest one-day job in sports on Triumph Books, on Amazon, or just find me. I'm selling them out of my trunk. Thanks to Steve Wino for joining Ben, giving us a view on what other teams might be doing at the deadline, which again will be next Friday, March 3rd, at 3 Eastern. The Capitals at that time going to be in the midst of their California swing. Anaheim is in tonight, the last team the Capitals haven't yet faced this season. The two teams will see each other again in just six days at Honda Center in Orange County. With Washington absolutely desperate for standings points after five straight losses in regulation, perhaps Anaheim is the cure for what ails. The Ducks are in last place in both the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. Just 17 wins in 58 games played this season and only three wins in their last 10. It's the Capitals and the Anaheim Ducks tonight at 7. Airtime will be at 6.45 on 106.7 The Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Heard at CapsRadio247.com. Have a great Thursday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.